Just a heads up, this episode of Place and Sound contains profanity. Yeah, it's crazy, bro. It's just so many raw artists in Chicago right now, mm-hmm. and we all know each other, and we all working together. And then people are just popping up yeah. all the time. Like, it's crazy, man. It's just raw to watch, and yeah. it's raw to be a part of. It's a blessing. Hey, it's Anthony Valadez, and you're listening to the fourth and final episode of Place and Sound Chicago, where we're exploring the musical DNA of the Windy City. Now, before I ever learned about the Great Migration, or Chicago's history of violence and segregation, or the city's greater musical legacy in the 20th century, this podcast began with a simple observation that many have had over the past few years, which is that all of a sudden, some of the best music in the nation is coming from Chicago. All of these artists seem to know each other, they work together, and they support each other. Some have called it a Chicago Renaissance, with Chance the Rapper representing the face of this movement. To kick things off, we're going to define this close-knit community of artists and tell the story of their rise. After that, we'll examine their sound, their politics, and their relationship with the city they belong to, before trying to answer the question, is there really a Chicago Renaissance going on or something else? All right, let's get to it. So when we break down this Chicago renaissance, who are the artists that we're actually talking about? While there are a ton of amazing artists that we can't get to due to time, when telling the story of this highly collaborative music scene, here's a short roll call of some of the key characters you definitely need to know. Obviously, there's Chance the Rapper, Chicago's undisputed crown prince. And if you pay much attention to hip-hop, you've probably been hip to Vic Mensa, the genre-bending activist and ringleader who's tight with Jay-Z and Kanye West. Then, you have potent feminist poets like No Name and Jamila Woods, artful MCs like Saba and Mick Jenkins, and playful rappers like Joey Perp and Tokyo. Behind the boards, you can't forget about producers like Peter Cottontail, Cam Obi, and Nico Segal, who also goes by the name of Donnie Trumpet. Chance, Vic, Nico, Perp, and Tokyo all belong to the much-hyped Save Money crew, which includes a long list of other gifted rappers like Caleb James and Cami. Other acts orbiting this group include indie artist Knox Fortune, electronic duo Drama, rappers Smino and Taylor Bennett, and R&B singer Raven Linnae, featured here on the song Baby by Chicago producer Monty Booker. Now, when does this story actually begin? Music critic Ren Graves, who's reviewed many of these artists' albums for Consequence of Sound, traces this new wave of hip-hop to the top of this decade. Around the same time, Kanye West was in the middle of his big rise on the global stage. I think of 2011 in Chicago as kind of like a reloading period for the city where a lot of the people who you're hearing about now were developing their chops at the same time that a lot of people were already famous and had perhaps moved on to a national or transnational stage. Rin uses Chance the Rapper's first three mixtapes as landmarks for how this scene developed. So the big Chicago musical movement has got to be our our current hip-hop scene. And the coming out party was Coloring Book, uh, Chance the Rapper. But there were signs before that. 
Acid Rap dropped in 2013. That was around the time that a lot of the artists that we associate with that sort of gospel-tinged hip-hop movement were in high school and before Chance had Acid Rap, he had the 10-day mixtape. So how did all these kids come together and start making nationally recognized albums like Chance's Coloring Book, Vic Mensa's The Autobiography, No Name's Room 25, Saba's Care For Me, and Jamila Wood's Legacy Legacy, heard here on the song Baldwin featuring Nico Segal. Before they ever recorded a rap, the likes of Chance, No Name, and Saba were already developing their lyricism in after-school poetry classes, like the ones Kevin Koval organizes. I knew Chance when he was 13 because he came to a writing workshop I was doing. It was for high school students. And after the workshop, he showed me his rhyme book and asked me if it was good. And I told him to come back to the workshop. And he did. And he kept coming back. And then he started to come to not only the U Media open mic and the thing that I was drawn to about Chance is that he wanted to get better and did. His work ethic is unmatched. In his freshman year of high school, Chance met Vic Mensa, who at the age of 16 was already ahead of the game, releasing his debut EP Straight Up and co-founding Kids These Days, a widely acclaimed indie band that also featured Nico Segal on trumpet. Here's their song, Wasting Time, from their 2012 mixtape, Trap House Rock, which was produced by Chicago legend Jeff Tweedy of Wilco. Namaste. I was calling out, hopefully heard the sound. Would have been writing, but we was too busy tossing words around. I guess it's all connected. The end of the day, I can't be mad, because more than anything, it's self-reflective. I shine a light into the foreground. And while Vic, Chance, and other members of the Save Money crew were still in high school, they got some crucial support from a group of college kids who went by the name of Them People. My name is The Mind, and I am a... Uh, shit, what do I do? I'm a singer-songwriter, I guess. Born and raised in Philly, The Mind moved to Chicago to attend Columbia College, an art school where he quickly formed a collective-minded production team with Michael Anthony, L Boogie, and Sean Doe. You might recognize their song, New Mecca, as our theme song. Hello, Chicago. Just different. It's all the same, we all the same. We fall from pain, we change from change, we all in change. Take a break and just break that bitch. Break from break and make that hit. I met most of the people, not even most of, all of the members of them people my first day in the cafeteria at Columbia. Literally, I think Sean walked over to me and was like, it looks like you rap or something like that. And I was like, what? <laughs> well, I, I do. Like, and then, uh, so uh, then after that, he introduced me to Lon because he was like, he makes beats. And I was like, all right, cool. Conscious of the fact that they weren't from Chicago, them people made it their mission to assist local artists rather than compete with them. We wanted to be of service to people. This wasn't our scene. All of us were transplants. We felt like we needed to help people. So that's what became almost like the artist collective slash production team. Beginning in their dorm room recording studio, them people helped facilitate many of the earliest save money projects, including Chance's 10-day mixtape named after the 10-day suspension he got for being caught with weed at school. We just kind of wanted to assist in any way, shape possible. 
and then from that it just made it our jobs 10 times easier because there were so many people here who who just needed resources resources that we had came here with or just know-how and knowledge but before they were collaborators they were just like-minded friends brought together by their common interests yeah without getting anybody in trouble chance's school was directly across the street from my dorm room so he was outside selling cds and stuff like that but we met save money i think like pretty pretty early on in the game because they were younger and they wanted to like smoke weed and they couldn't buy blunts so like you know uh buy a blunt for them and they were like well can we smoke with y'all and we like chill sure like let's let's go smoke let's go smoke let's go smoke Got suspended. Ooh, you got suspended for chief and a hundred blunts, fourteen, four hundred minutes. Fans all in us, dance, they hands for Mr. That's Chance a Rapper with fourteen thousand and four hundred minutes. The Mind recalls how, even as teenagers, the raw talent inside these artists was evident. They were mad young, but at the same time, Vic Mensa and Nico and everybody inside of uh, Kids These Days were going crazy already. They had already started budding and getting to the points where probably everyone in the rest of the world started knowing them right before Trap House Rock. And I looked at Vic like he was a, a genius. Caleb was one of the first people who put me on chance. He played me like some of the early five-day stuff. And it was just like, yo, bro, who is this guy? Like he played me like an unfinished version of Brain Cells and it was ridiculous. Listening to Kene or Perp, I thought these kids like had it all like you know what i'm saying and you guys are just lacking a studio to go to like a home just to like actually kind of lay your, your roots down and that talent was equaled by an unmatched work ethic just like kevin koval said he saw in a young chance you know i i remember when when no name when she was a senior in high school she told the crew the clique that she wanted to rap which made sense because her poems was utilized some of the illest kind of like hip-hop poetic techniques that I had been privy to and she was 19 at the time but she freestyled every day for a year in order to learn how to rap and that kind of dedication that kind of discipline and to be privy to it is also inspiring as an artist Riddle me happy, I'm lonely hysteria. Along gunman outside the park, and I miss is America. I'm everything that you're not, like Kendrick before his prime. I'm a ticking inside his watch and an underdog. You forgot God, privilege, and money. Chicago hip hop producer Nael Shahadi, who is also one half of the drama duo, remembers Chance the same way. Early on, he's just a special kind of guy. He just has a certain kind of attitude about him. And he is serious about his music. And that's something that I did notice about him is he would come alone. I come from the rap world where 50 people have to come with you to record a song. And have, sometimes they have to go with you inside the booth, which was really weird to me, honestly. He sometimes would beat me there. He took on his passion. He was just like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. That's Knox Fortune with No Dancing. One secret ingredient to all these artists' shared success is that, before they were anything, they were friends. Knox recalls the atmosphere that existed in the early days. Well, we just, like, really grew up together. Like, nobody at one point had any sort of recognition. So, like, at one point, like, Via, I don't know if you knew this, she's an amazing chef. She would, like, cook for us at them people's studio and then, like, do her sessions before or after. So we would just, like, be in this, like, community 
and I think like them people did a lot of that too. Like they opened their doors to people. It's just like a generosity. We got studio access just because people were cool, and they were like, "Yeah, of course, come over, come over, come over." So it just created this large family of people that all want to like help each other. Drama singer and chef Via Rosa remembers the same thing. I was like twenty, twenty-one, cooking for people that I had just met. And um, I still remember the first day that I met Chance, actually. He was watching me stuff a chicken breast, and he had no idea what I was doing. So he was writing, and I was cooking. And then, like, in the middle of me almost being done, he gets up and throws his notebook down, and he's like, I finally understand what you're doing! I was very blessed to, you know, be thrown into a community of amazing people off the jump. And it just so happened that, you know, there was Save Money Boys running in on my session every every night, and we just became friends. Reflecting back on a trip to L.A. with No Name, Mick Jenkins, and Cam Obi, the mind shows how these friendships blossomed into the projects and collaborations we hear on records today. Mick was finishing up, I think, Waves at the time. The team was finishing up Telephone. I was finishing up Summer Camp. And while we were all out there, Cam Obi is out there, where we're just all sitting in the studio. Next thing you know, it's like, Cam plays the beat for our Sunny Duet, and we start going back and forth after a while. And then next thing you know, it's just like, okay, like, I'm gonna record this. Then it becomes literally a duet of like us going back and forth. The song is what happens after that. You just heard Sunny Duet by No Name and The Mind. Even with Mick or Joey or Saba, like, these are friends. Like, they can instantly reach out, like, hey, I got a song that I think that you would sound dope on. Or, hey, you just happen to be in the studio, like, humming something. That's what happened with me and Mick. We worked on Shipwreck. I was in the background just humming to the song, and he was like, hey, bro, that shit's hot. Can you put that on the song? And I was like, for sure. Like, you know what I'm saying? Our relationship started from that. To underline how special this new community is, Niall and Via recall how, not so long ago, the hip-hop scene in Chicago wasn't such a collaborative place. I feel like a lot of artists had a hard time getting on because there was no spotlight on Chicago, zero. There was no light, period, on Chicago. It's almost impossible to even get a record deal mm. out of here. I work with, I'm talking about hundreds of artists who would come and record in my studio and suffered because they couldn't get a shot. I feel like before a lot of people were afraid to share connections and like collaborate with the people because they thought that there was only one spotlight. Yeah. And now people that I have associated with myself in Chicago, we all know that there's enough space for all of us. So like we're not afraid to work yeah. with each other and share connections, tell each other about like, hey, I can't really work with this person very well, but maybe you could work with them a little better. Kevin Koval sees this growing sense of community as a greater trend in the city. There's a much more of a idea of collectivity, a growing collectivity in Chicago, which is itself, of course, a, a town historically of organization. You know, this is a union town. It's a street organization town. You know, this is a town that has always relied on teamwork. And so I think this generation of young people really embodies and believes that. It's one of the reasons why early on you saw such camaraderie in in crews you know people came up in these different crews and those crews then came to the open mics and they met other crews from across the city and they began to build with one another and cross collaborate 
That's drama with Walk Away. As Ren Graves put it earlier, Chance's third mixtape, Coloring Book, was the coming out party for the Chicago hip-hop movement. And the Grammy goes to... Chance the Rapper. Chance the Rapper. Chance the Rapper! Earning three Grammys for Best Rap Album, Best New Artist, and Best Rap Performance, and becoming the first streaming-only album to win a Grammy, the record turned Chance the Rapper into a household name. Featuring production from Peter Cottontail, Knox Fortune, Nico Segal, and Cam Obi, and guest appearances from Saba, Jamila Woods, Tokyo, and No Name, the project itself is a testament to the Chicago scene's collaborative efforts. Knox Fortune, who produced and performed on the song All Night, tells me what the success of Coloring Book meant to Chicago. That whole project was the biggest win for Chicago. It was the most like inspiring thing that our community has seen in a long time. I really do feel like looking back on music over the past few years, that was like a win for, I hate saying culture because it's such a played out word, but like a win for people that appreciate complexities and uniqueness in music. It was like the first time that was like the awards celebrated mm. something that was like really risky. That was Chance's Grammy-winning track, No Problems. We're going to take a quick break, but I hope you've been digging Place and Sound. While this is the very last episode of our first season, if you want to see us exploring other cities, then follow or subscribe to Place and Sound wherever you listen to podcasts. We recommend tuning for the best experience. And to hear my full-length conversations with the mind, drama, Vic Mensa, Joey Perp, Raven Lanay, and Cam Obi. Search TuneIn Conversation, available only on the TuneIn app. Another characteristic uniting many of these artists is their unique sound and approach to making music, which doesn't conform to national trends. In previous episodes, we've touched upon how Chicago's multifaceted music heritage can be heard in its current-day hip-hop. For example, you can hear jazz and blues on Jamila Wood's song, Muddy. You can hear gospel and soul on Donnie Trumpet's Sunday Candy. You can hear juke and footwork on Joey Perp's Aw Shit. Jazz has played a special part in these artists' music education, as Chicago jazz giant Micaiah McRaven explains. No name in her band. They all know me and like my music, and yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh wow, cool. You know, all the guys from Chance's band. You know, like Nico Siegel and these cats. Is like I seen them coming to the Jazz Links jam session when they were in high school, mm-hmm. like sitting in. Juke pioneer. DJ Spin has also intertwined with the scene. We got guys like Chance the Rapper, Saba. Those guys grew up listening to our music, and that's how I got a chance to actually work with Chance for the first time. He grew up listening to my music, sampled one of my records on the acid rap. So what, if anything, defines the Chicago sound? 
The drama duel gives their take. I feel like Chicago creates a special sound that people want to copy. We create something different. Chicago has a hard time getting on the map because of the music that we create. It's not your Atlanta kind of music or that Miami sound. It's always different. It's not always accepted right away. But once you get on, everybody wants yeah. to end up doing it. Chicago is interesting to me music-wise just because how diverse it is. Like you can spend 10 years in one music scene and not even realize that there's like a totally different music scene of a different genre that's like right next door. There's so much good music yes, in every genre that you can think of, whether it's hip-hop, whether it's like the neo-soul, there's country music, there's blues music, there's punk music. Like there's a lot of music in Chicago and everybody is creating just... Something different. Yeah. Not, no one sounds the same really. Yeah. You know, it's opposed to other places. It tends yeah. to kind of blend. Here yeah. it doesn't blend at all. Nigga, fuck Spike Lee. City notorious for niggas getting shot. It's not a movie scene. Do it big. I got faith with me. And I'm with gang, so please be easy. I do it for my city. Do it because they need me sitting here. I'm like, feed me, feed me. More than anyone's style, the guiding philosophy is a creatively open approach to making music. From the indie jazz hybrid of kids these days to his more recent venture into punk rock, Vic Mensa has always exemplified the Chicago scene's genre-fluid sound. When I interviewed him back in 2017, he explained this open-source approach to music. I don't really see like music as being so divided and defined by genre, not mm -hmm. to me at least, mm -hmm. you know, because I, I have a, a wealth of resource that I, I pull from and a lot of different things that I listen to. Mm -hmm. So it all kind of comes together to me. I always found that to be really what hip-hop was, too. You know, it's just that hip-hop is like you could take any idea, any sound, any style of music, any era, and do one thing to it, and that was hip-hop. Cam Obi, who produced much of Vic Mensa's 2013 internet tape, recalls the creative freedom he found working with Vic. When we met, it was just like we were both very, like, creatively just open. With him, I was allowed to do whatever I wanted creatively. Mm. And it wasn't even about anything other than just making dope music. And he had the same experience working on acid rap. I ended up meeting Chance through Vic. Chance was hearing the stuff that Vic and I were making. Mm -hmm. And he was curious about who was producing it. So, like, Vic introduced us. Because I remember I did Coco Butter Kisses. It was already recorded to another beat, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. like, but he couldn't use the beat. Yeah. So he needed a new beat. Him and Vic both kind of, like, put me and Peter in a room together, and we ended up making the beat from scratch while they were singing the melody oh, wow. for the hook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like right in front of them. It was just fun because I was allowed, again, I was allowed to just do whatever I wanted, really. Like, we already had the basis that me and Peter, like, came up with the skeleton. So from there, it was just like, yeah, the sky was the limit. Vic Mensa with Orange Soda, produced by Cam Obi. Also representative of Chicago's do-it-yourself spirit is how these artists have made their mark while remaining largely independent of record labels. While Vic Mensa signed to Jay-Z's Rock Nation back in 2015, and Jamila Woods has opted to release her projects with trusted indie label Jack Jaguar, Chance, No Name, Saba, Drama, Knox Fortune, Joey Perp, and The Mind remain willfully unsigned. And given how far he has been able to take it, 
Chance's outspoken indie stance isn't just remarkable, it's flat-out unprecedented. Music Snobs host Arthur Turnbull has a theory that Chance's independent philosophy is connected to Chicago's tradition of improvisation. So that's in Chance, that collaborative spirit, and that spirit of being able to make something out of nothing. The idea of no barrier, because in improvisational music, there is no barrier, only your own limitation. And so the reason why I think Chance is so important is because he found a way to do it himself. And again, full disclaimer, nobody ever does it alone, but Chance was able to do it with no label backing on his own. That's incredible. Incredible. All behind mixtapes. He's yet to have a quote-unquote major label release. But I just saw the boy in a Doritos commercial in the Super Bowl. I'm gonna do my own While today's hip-hop artists have taken a lot from the elders like Common and Kanye, they are also different in some major ways. Perhaps the biggest one being that they have remained in Chicago rather than migrating to the coasts. Ren Graves explains how today's scene contrasts with the previous generation. There were a lot of really talented people in the 90s and early aughts in Chicago that came out of Chicago, but it didn't feel like a cohesive scene. But so that particular movement, it felt like an exodus. It felt like brain drain, the talent needed to go to the coasts. What Chicago is experiencing now feels a little bit more like the Chicago blues scene, a community of musicians who work together constantly and who are based in Chicago. Kanye West is an international icon who happened to have been born a few minutes away from the city. But like, the current crop of musicians place Chicago as their home a little bit more. One factor that has helped keep Chicago artists independent and in Chicago is new technologies that allow for recording and releasing music in a city without major labels. Chance even shouts out SoundCloud in his Grammy acceptance speech for Best Rap Album. While you could criticize Common and Kanye, or even Louis Armstrong for that matter, for leaving Chicago behind, Ren explains how they were dealing with different industry landscapes. I think you see that musical migration, I think, was driven by the state of technology at the time, which is that microphones and recording equipment was expensive enough. And of course, we had the old label system in place. Labels were gatekeepers and they had a lot of power and they were based in the east and west coast. And technology hadn't advanced to the point where you could have a private studio. Having witnessed the change firsthand, Niel of Drama agrees that things have changed for the better. I feel that the artist has taken more grasp on the industry. As prior, it was more like label-based and you needed someone. Now it's, you're talented, you're good, you're going to be heard. Someone like Chance is a very good example. Someone like that who had that caliber of talent was able to go out there and to do it all himself. While technology has enabled these artists to stay rooted in Chicago, their love and dedication to the city goes far beyond convenience. I mean, the city is everything to me. Like having this entire spot that we're in currently for affordable prices, affordable rent, like 
the livability as an artist is like unparalleled in other cities. And I think that has given us the ability to be regular people, you know, making like great music and not caring about the celebrity aspect of it. And Chicago has been able to give many people that. And I think that's why the like genuine music comes out of it. Raven Linnae explains how growing up surrounded by Chicago's problems of violence inspires a sense of duty to the community. I like to think of it as like a, a cloud over your head, mm-hmm. but I'm the type of person to always try to find the light yeah. in all of those situations. So I think music was that for me and for a lot of artists in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And, and we feel that it's our duty to be able to give that musical relief yeah. to our people. So. Definitely. Local hip-hop legend Sharkula attests that Chance and the new generation remembers where they come from. I think he's awesome. I think he's a great influence on the youth, and he's talented, gifted, and I think he cares about the communities. And uh, big up to him. I know him and his brother, Taylor Bennett, told me, me and my brother, you know, we're, we're inspired by you. And it made my day for someone to, to accumulate so much like props and cash to actually be down to earth at level. DJ Spin remembers how an unlikely encounter in London led to him and DJ Rashad going on tour with Chance in 2013. And we in London and I say, yo, this show's going on in London, Rashad. They're about 10 minutes away. Let's take a walk. We take a walk down there. Everybody's leaving out the show. We going into the show. I see my buddy Oreo. He like spin. I say, oh. He say, oh. Come on to the back. Go to the back. We see Chance. Chance like spinning Rashad. Oh, oh. You know, it was that was like one of them we made it moments right there. Almost instantaneously when we walk to the back, Chance say, man, how would y'all like to go on tour with me? Like, it was like crazy. We like, I'm sure we can make that happen. Then we talk about a bunch of personal stuff and we talk about Chicago and man, you know, history's made right there. Shouts out to the youngest, man. They never forgot where they came from. And more than just repping the city, these artists are using their platforms, and in Chance and Vic's case, their pocket, to help fix Chicago's problems. In addition to actively supporting community-based nonprofits, Chance donated $1 million to Chicago Public Schools in 2017. And more recently, he purchased local culture website Chicagoist, which he plans to relaunch. What Chance does for the community, you know, he'll have open mic nights at the Harold Washington Library downtown, still does. You know, where once a week he'll, 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 he'll have open mics. And the open mics aren't necessarily open hip-hop rapping mics. It's also poetry, because there's also a heavy poetry scene in Chicago. For his part, Vic Mensa founded the Save Money, Save Life Foundation in 2018, which combats racism and funds health and arts programs. I asked Vic if activism is something he discusses with his peers. Definitely when I get with Chance, you know, these are the things we talk about and talk about ways that we can work on a situation in our city in Chicago because obviously there's quite the situation and it needs help. Of course, this sense of public service doesn't come from nowhere. While most folks aren't aware of it, Chance's father is a former political aide for the likes of Mayor Harold Washington and Senator Barack Obama. 
Illinois State Representative Cam Buckner knew Chance when he was just a kid. I first met Chance probably when he was 14 years old. I used to work for Senator Dick Durbin. I think that Chance is picking up the mantle and being very, very intentional about knowing that his voice and his platform should be meant for more than just music. I admire what he has done. I admire the fact that he has inserted himself into the conversation socially and politically and talking about economic injustices and the things that really haunt a lot of our, our neighborhoods and our communities. And I think Chance has done the difficult thing to move himself from just being a, a hip-hop artist and a, and a musical mouthpiece to trying to get folks engaged and involved in the political process. He is uh, one of the biggest champions for his city. I know he loves Chicago like I love it, and he's been very vocal about that. Riding through my city like a tour bus Hoping one day I can have a tour bus I can see the planets from my window ceiling I tend to tell what is on this I don't wanna fight no one, no contest I just wanna undress my conscience I just made a killer Chance's community-based leadership is also inspiring fellow Chicagoans to follow his example. Attorney and hip-hop writer Umi Grigsby has witnessed this effect. I think one of the things that he's doing is not only making it so that people feel like they can give back, you know what I mean? That they don't have to, like, wait until they're a certain age or have, like, a certain amount of, like, life experience to be able to, like, help. I think that, for one thing, is amazing. I talked to a rapper the other day who was like, yeah, I like what he's doing. I like that he's giving back to the community. I want to be able to do that. So not only, like, do I want to get to his level of Dave recognition but I, or fame, but I also want to get to that point where I can do that. You know, I think G Herbo, he's revitalizing, like, an old school that was closed on the South Side. Umi also notes how Chance's public support of former candidate Amara Naya helped increase local interest in Chicago's mayoral elections. Another thing that it does is it's galvanizing young people because, like, I don't know anyone who is actually, like, talking about the mayoral race like that until he endorsed someone and all of a sudden everyone, you know, is like, well, but who else is running? And, like, not only just, like, looking at her, but, like, also, like, who else is running and looking at who their aldermen are and like how long have they been there? That's all news, baby. This is today. They gonna miss us today. You and miss us today. This is, this is the day. Took at the scenic route, but this is the way. That's all news, baby. This is today. They gonna miss us today. You and miss us today. Backyard blasted, dance to list, grassless patio glass. You just heard Chance's 2019 cut titled All Day Long. Throughout the making of this podcast, I kept asking people the same question Is there a renaissance? Here's what Joey Perp. Cam Obi, Knox Fortune, The Mind, and DJ Spin had to say. Man, it's like the Harlem Renaissance, mm-hmm. bro. Just so many raw artists in Chicago right now, mm-hmm. and we all know each other, and we all working together. And then people are just popping up yeah. all the time. Like, it's crazy, man. It's just raw to watch, and it's yeah. raw to be a part of. It's a blessing. We all grew up together. That shit is actually crazy. Yeah. Okay. When I went to Chicago, it wasn't for the music scene mm-hmm. at all. I actually wanted to be either in New York or L.A. or maybe Atlanta. Because those places were known for the music scenes, at least for me, when it comes to hip-hop. When it came to Chicago, it wasn't really much besides, like, the people who were, like, already huge. Mm-hmm. So I had no idea and, like, ended up playing a role in, like, that scene, yeah. you know? I didn't even realize it until people would tell me later on, like, using terms like Chicago hip-hop renaissance or whatever. Yeah. Like, damn, like, like, thinking back, like, did we really do that? I definitely agree there's a renaissance going on right now. 
I think that's so true. Like, when I started making music in Chicago, there was, like, not really money to be had in the scene. There was no infrastructure. There was nothing like that. Now we have, like, a great infrastructure. People are paying producers. People are paying for features. I don't know. It's like, that's finally there now. And uh, money aside, the art is just, like, we're, like, four years into being, like, many of the top ten albums of the year are, like, Chicago-based. Yeah, I'll say that Renaissance period happened already. It happened years ago in Chicago. But I think that the rest of the world is going to take some time to catch up to the things that are happening here. If you ask Nael and Via of Drama, it actually has a lot to do with the fact that people are paying attention. Is there a Chicago Renaissance in music today? Yeah, I think so. But it, it's been happening for so long since I moved here. That's all anyone has ever talked about is the Chicago Renaissance. And... um it's just but, popular now. That's yeah. all it is. Now it's actually really happening as opposed to all of us being like, you know, oh, it's just happening. It's like, no, it's happening. Usually it's one artist. Yeah. Now it's everyone. Now it's like five, like, ten artists. Yeah. like I, We just got off tour last night. We've been on tour 21 days now. Yeah. We get to the airport and who do I see a baggage claim? Raven Linnae. She just got off tour from Australia, <laughs> which is amazing. Like that's the homie. You hardly ever get to see your friends because, you know, everyone is everywhere. Remember John Russick from the Chicago History Museum? There's always a cultural renaissance in Chicago. I mean, I say that a little tongue-in-cheek, but it's, if you look back at any decade in Chicago and look at the art and culture community, there's a, a dynamic process always ebbing and flowing, right? Somebody's coming up with a new idea, somebody's at the top of their game, somebody's moving to town with a new mixtape. You know, there's, there's always a little something underneath the surface while something else is riding the top of the wave. Arthur Turnbull chose to reference the dictionary for his answer. Okay, from the French to mean rebirth. Okay, rebirth. You know, I still don't believe that this is a renaissance in Chicago. I mean, even in music, because the ebbs and the flows, they've always been there. To me, a renaissance is one day it's almost a wasteland, unfocused, unformed consciousness that then forms and then eventually dissipates again. And for Chicago, there's always been this pulse. There's always been this heartbeat. And maybe some of those periods are stronger than others, more easily discernible than others, but it's never dissipated. It's like architecture, performance art, classical music, jazz music, rock music, hip hop, R&B, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's never stopped for Chicago. It's taken on a different form, but it's never been formless. It's never been devoid. And while Kevin Koval almost certainly agrees that Chicago has a much longer legacy of music and art, he does believe that there's something special about what's happening today. Yeah, there is a renaissance happening in Chicago. I think we've been saying that for probably 10 years now. And I think it's because the young people here are not afraid, and you would think that they would have every right to be afraid. And I think despite the circumstances, the systems, the you know, various employments of you know, white supremacist, patriarchal, heteronormative, and homophobic structures that are levied against them on a daily basis, they continue to find one another and celebrate one another and create some of the most beautiful art and music that the planet has ever seen. And 
I think that's because they truly care about one another. They see that their work has real-world impact, that it can influence how a community feels about itself. It could bring people closer together. Their work, their music, their art, their, their organizing, their resistance. I, I mean, young people in this city have gotten a corrupt state's attorney out of office. You know, so they, they see increasingly that their efforts, their labor, their, their gifts, their, their artistic practices have real world merit. And I, I think that they are empowered by that scene of one another and kind of the sense that they are in it together. You know, I think that that's part of the reason why we are in a renaissance is because young people are, are not afraid. I can't rebuild a nation. Listening to all these answers, I'm inclined to agree with everyone. Studying and talking to the artists making their mark in Chicago today, there is undoubtedly something special happening. The fact that a group of young, fearless, creative, civically engaged musicians charted their own route to success by lifting each other up is a remarkable feat. But that's just the latest chapter in a city that has been home to a constant cycle of artistic rebirth, from jazz, blues, and gospel to rock, house, and hip-hop. And we've just been talking about music. This journey has also opened my eyes to the intersection between arts, politics, technology, and everyday life in a city and how artistic communities are built and sustained. One thing's for sure, it gets me excited for the next city. Place and Sound is created by TuneIn and hosted by yours truly, Anthony Valadez. Our executive producer is Charles Raggio. The podcast is written by Ryan Pinkert and produced by Jenner Pesqua. Sound engineered and edited by Kevin Karugian, with additional support from Frank Espar and Andrew Broadhead. We want to thank all of our guests for taking the time to talk to us, and in some cases, even welcoming us into their homes. They include John Russick and the Chicago History Museum, Ren Graves and Consequence of Sound, Jeff Parker, Scotty McNeese, Cam Buckner, Cindy Soto, Tay 600, Umi Grigsby, Kevin Koval, DJ Sneak, Arthur Turnbull, Ed Marzuski, DJ Spin, The Mind, Nael Shihade, Via Rosa, Knox Fortune, Cam Obi, Micaiah McRaven, Joey Perp, Raven Lene, and Vic Mensa. And a special thanks to Alejandro Ayala 